2: I can't believe I'm about to get the new Samsung touchscreen megapixel Yamaha top-loading Surface 2 all-in-one magnesium freestanding through-the-door ice-and-water 3D network-ready Insignia 5000 with wireless subwoofer for only 49999 ninety-nine ninety-nine.
1: That's if you qualify for our Best Buy in-store financing.
2: And that's a good deal, right?
1: Ma'am, the new Samsung touchscreen megapixel Yamaha top-loading Surface 2 all-in-one magnesium freestanding through-the-door ice-and-water 3D network radio Signia 5000 with wireless subwoofer for only $49,999 $49, is the Best Buy hot deal of the day and also the Best Buy super hot deal of the week.
2: I am so excited.
1: Let me just walk you through the financing form. Uh, what's your name?
2: Kion, C-H-I-O-N, Wolf, like the dog.
1: And your middle initial?
2: C M J A G W B S S L S W S T M W G K D G O M D G I M C B B Y O S M W W.
1: No, I just asked for your middle initial.
2: That is my middle initial. My full name is Kyone Marie Julia, Ancient Greece, where burning Sappho loved and sang and stroked the wine dark sea in the temple by the moonlight. Wada do da Gladys Khalil Danger. Get out of my dreams! dun 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 get into my car. Beep, beep, yeah, Onion, S. Lynn Morris, and Walker Wolf IV.
1: Is that legally your name?
2: Yeah, you want to see my driver's license? They had to add a second plastic panel on a hinge to accommodate the overflow.
1: I'm going to need to step back and ask my manager.
2: Okay, but before you do that, can I ask a question about the Samsung touchscreen megapixel Yamaha top-loading Surface 2 all-in-one magnesium freestanding through-the-door ice-and-water 3D network-ready insignia 5000 with wireless subwoofer for only 49999 dollars Certainly. What does it do? No one knows. Today on the show, middle names and middle initials. And now your host, C. Questlove McEnroe.
3: It's true. It's an old family name, and I could I could do that. You know, I could just go by that. But uh, it seemed pretentious. Listen, Rocket J. Squirrel and Bullwinkle J. Moose—they have the same middle initial, which is also the middle initial of Elmer J. Fudd. Michael J. Fox's middle name is Andrew. Go figure. Ulysses S. Grant's middle initial was not based on his middle name, which was Ulysses. His first name is Hiram. Very complicated. So many of the authors that we love and admire are you know, E.B. White and E.E. E. Cummings and J.R.R. R. Tolkien and S.E. Hinton, but we don't admire O.J. Simpson. And then there are the J. Edgar Hoover's, the F. Lee Bailey's, the F. Scott Fitzgerald's, the H. Ross Perot's, the M. Knight Shyamalan's, the C. Questlove McEnroe's. And what do we make of Louis C.K. or LL Cool J? Well, today we enter the world of middle initials, a world that is, we are informed, shrinking. And is that a good thing? Doubtless you have a pressing story to tell us About your own middle initial or somebody else's Do call us at 860-275-7266 Or tweet us at WNPR Colin Uh, Let's meet our guests Uh, Bruce Feiler is the guy who started all this out He's a columnist with the New York Times And the author of of so many books Including The Secrets of Happy Families And uh, he's the host of Sacred Journeys With Bruce Feiler, who else would host, host that Coming to BBS this fall He opened up a can of letters on July 11th with his This New York Times column, they're dropping like middle initials. And so, uh, first of all, in this uh, show about names, I may have actually mispronounced your last name. How do you pronounce your last name?
4: It's Filer. It's Relief Backwards. And you're probably, uh, I know, of the generation that remembers the old Rolates commercial about how you spell relief. And we used to always say, you spell it backwards, it's Filer. And I was actually quite (laughs) happy. I realized I hadn't told your producer how to pronounce it. So I was very happy that you've been pronouncing it correctly. We're off to a good start.
3: Yes, they, we are off to a good start. It can only go downhill from there, or or we could plateau. That's another possibility. So you wrote this um, this column in the New York Times uh, about sort of the status of middle initials yep. uh, and status in, in various senses of the word status. But I'm sort of going to, instead of sort of uh, walking you through that at the beginning, I'm going to kind of ask you, ask you a kind of, opre publication question. Because when you write an essay like this, what you do is trigger an avalanche of comment threads and emails and things like that. So since the publication of this essay, have you learned even more about middle initials or have you simply learned never to write about a topic like this?
4: Well, one of the more satisfying things about writing this column, and I write a, a, a monthly column in styles, as you know, is that uh, it was off topic, but yet it was incredibly close to a lot of people's hearts, mm-hmm. particularly people who write. Actually, so uh, to the question of sort of what it's, you know, what it's uh, sort of r- r- wrestled up, if you will, um, I-, I would say, first of all, there are a lot of people. I mean, the, the premise of the article, which we can get into later, as you said, is that it's declining, particularly generationally. So there were a lot of people sort of above a certain age, particularly people who write a lot, either journalists or academics, uh, who were, take my mill initial over my dead body. A lot of people actually on Twitter were quoting to me the uh, Charlton Heston line from the NRA, right, over <laughs> my dead body. I don't remember exactly the line. You know, or they'll, or, or they'll, you they'll pry it from my cold, dead, dying dead, hands yeah, or whatever exactly, that yeah. line was.
3: mm mm-hmm. So
4: a lot of people were, how dare you do it? So that was one interesting response. Another interesting response um, was from women, uh, who I think this is not, I don't know, sport or recreation. It's incredibly close to home because it gets to this issue of maiden name and middle name and professional name. So it's very, it's sort of deeply emotional, I would say, for a lot of women and I got a lot of that. And then the last reaction that I think was kind of worth throwing out there as we start this conversation is: I, I'm from Savannah. I live in Brooklyn now, but I'm from Savannah, Georgia. I'm come from five generations of Southerners, and uh, there w- and so therefore, on my Facebook page and my my Twitter feed and my email box, I I know a lot of Southerners, and there was this very strong. Feeling that there is a regional difference here, and that, that that the middle initial is still more popular in the South, uh, particularly, and I guess this will be the last thing I throw out, particularly with monograms, which still seem to have deep emotional importance in the South, that perhaps they're losing elsewhere.
3: Well, monograms is one reason that it really wasn't off topic for you to write this piece, right? I mean, if we give up on our middle initials, then the monogram becomes a very problematic concept.
5: And I think
4: that the you know the monogram. I've actually looked into this idea of like doing a piece on the monogram because uh, suddenly I'm thinking about it, and I think that you know there's several ways of this. There's the sort of the traditional monogram of the three letters, which is to say, for example, the one that my mother used uh, when she got married, took my father's name, moved from from Maryland to Georgia in the in the 50s. And and use a traditional monogram, but I think you know on on for men and shirts and a lot of there's a kind of a two letter monogram that actually is still uh, has a lot of currency out there.
3: The um, the southern thing is is interesting too because there's so many southern compound names. Um, I yeah. was. Uh, back when people wrote letters, I was writing some letters back and forth with with uh, the writer Roy Blunt Jr. and I mentioned, you know, uh, the Bloomsbury figure Ivy Compton-Burnett, and I said a name you would not encounter in the South, and he said he wrote back. He said, "Well, you would, but it would be Ivy Compton." Ivy Com- I've told you a thousand times, Ivy Compton. Don't put sharp things up your nose. Um, and it is true that in the South you get those those names that are they almost seem like they can't possibly go together, but it's two names which are a first name, which is a little bit different than a middle name too. I think.
4: Well, it was interesting in your, you know, Mary Nell, Billy Bob, these kinds of things. The And I know a lot of people, I grew up with a lot of people like that. You know, in your intro, um, when, you, when you were sort of doing this litany of of different situations, you mentioned you know, Ulysses S. Grant, you could have easily mentioned Harry S. Truman, the S didn't stand hmm. for anything, was was literally made up. You mentioned Louis C.K. Now, see Louis C.K., That those are not initials, that's actually an abbreviation of the it's a—I don't know what the word—a homophone or homogram, a homograph of what his name actually sounds like, right? So, right. but but the the other thing is, it's interesting. When I went through the editing process, The Times is, is still a publication, God bless it, that is d- devoted to c- copy editing, and we spent a lot of time working on the copy editing more than I normally do, because they actually made me take out uh, E. B. White. Uh, J.R. Tolkien, uh, you mentioned E.E. E. Cummings. They thought it was a different story. People who abbreviated both names, as opposed to just what I was sort of talking about, which was the decline of the middle initial. So they actually viewed that as a different category than what I'm talking about
3: here. I would agree, but it's still we like to probe around on the outside. Well, I mean J.K.
4: JK Rowling is a great example of the women issue, right? So there's a story where she's an, uh, an unemployed secretary who has this idea to write this novel for young people. And her British male publisher, and she, her name is Joanne uh, Joanne Rowling, and, and um, the publisher says, uh, well, boys won't buy a book written by a woman author, and you got to use your middle initials. And she didn't have a middle name, so she adopted one from her uh, grandmother, and that's where she ended up with the J.K.
3: Um, A sort of comparable thing uh, is a byline that used to appear in the New York Times. I don't know if it still does. And that was a a journalist named Jennifer Lee, who I think was born with no middle name or christened with no middle name. And she she took the numeral eight. Uh, She was Jennifer eight period, Lee.
4: She's not, yeah, she doesn't write at the paper anymore.
3: So um, th- there's there are so much to work with here, uh, so much to talk about, but um, one of the things that you, you lived your topic in, in, in a sense, uh, you used to have a middle initial. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you still have a middle initial, but you, <laughs> but you stopped using it, right? Tell us that story.
4: So I, okay, so I'm, I in my day, li- day job, uh, if you will, write books for a living and have for many years, uh, Walking the Bible and Abraham and about a year I spent as a circus clown. And I, my first thing I ever had published was a book. And I was in my early 20s. And I had left uh, Yale, as it happens since we we're talking in Connecticut, and, and, and gone to J- Japan and spent a year teaching junior high school uh, and wrote a book about this experience called Learning to Bow. This was, the, uh, this was the 80s that I was there, a time when you couldn't pick up a newspaper without reading an article about Japan or education. And I published this book, and I was quite—but I was young and completely and utterly uh, unknown, and also somewhat baby-faced, I might add. And I was quite eager to appear sort of older and more sophisticated. So first of all, I appeared for the uh, first and last time in an author photo in a coat and tie, like, you no, know, take me seriously. And I used my middle initial, okay, because that's what I saw people doing in distinguished places like the New York Times. And so my parents had this acquaintance, uh, Stephen Birmingham. He wrote Our Crowd, the book about Jews in New York. And uh, he agreed to consider giving me a blurb. We sent him the book. He wrote me this very nice letter. And he said, drop the middle initial. You will regret it. And again, I was, it's not that I was stubborn. I mean, I am, can be stubborn. But it was more like I wanted to be taken seriously. So I ignored him. And I have regretted it ever since. Ever since. Even on Amazon, like there's two different pages. There's Bruce Filer and there's Bruce S. Filer. So I was recently in my publisher as it happened when I was working on this piece and I told them this story and and their reaction was so totally unexpected. They said, "We tell authors all the time, drop the middle initial because it makes designing a book cover really difficult." Like hmm. right? the bigger you get in the book business as as we all know and see in our bookstores, for those of us who still go in bookstores, uh, is that uh, your, your name gets bigger and often will go to two lines. And having the dangling middle initial, you put it on the first line, you put it on the second, is apparently torture for book cover designers. So that's why uh, publishers don't like
3: it. We're going to ask Chip Kidd about this as soon as we possibly can. But uh, all he right, so do
4: you know that he designed my book cover?
3: No, but he designed one of my book covers. So I figured, oh know. my
4: god, he designed the cover for Learning to Bow. Funnily
3: enough, yeah. uh, he designed a, a, the cover of a book of mine called Lose Weight Through Great Sex with Celebrities: The Elvis Way. <laughs> um, so, uh, so he was the natural person, obviously, to do that. So let's um, grab a call here before we. We're going to talk to uh, one of the leading lights of the field that we are talking about, without necessarily having named it. That would be on, onomastics. Uh, we're sort of reinventing Bruce Feiler's wheel in the sense that we're, we're having as guests a number of people that he also interviewed because he so perfectly chose the people. We couldn't improve on his research really. But before we go uh, to to Frank Newsell, uh, let's go to McLean uh, in Glastonbury. Even in bringing you aboard, McLean, I I can begin to have a sense of what your problem may be, assuming that well. you do have a problem. <laughs>
0: Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So, um, I have maybe kind of a similar problem, and I have too many, too many names, too many last names. So, um, I was born with the name McLean Porterfield Turner, which is sizable in itself. And um, so, after kind of coming to terms with that middle name, um, I got married to uh, a last name of Okeson. So it was kind of a mourning period. I went through having to drop the Porterfield. And to just McLean Turner Okeson, which, let's be honest, is still quite it's a, a mouthful. moniker. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah, it's a mouthful. And the spelling, let's just, that's a whole other show. But um, so I was just curious if you all had any thoughts about the etiquette of keeping two middle names, because um, I kind of regret dropping the Porterfield, but I didn't want to slough off any kind of family connection losing Turner. So I didn't know if that. You're I th- I me.
3: personally just as a random uh, act of uh, of busybodyness uh, think that it's a mistake to drop the Porterfield. However, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfect question to ask not only Bruce, but our our next guest as well. So uh, what I'm going to do uh, is sort of include that in our inquiries uh, with our next guest. And before I bring aboard our next guest, let me also encourage the rest of you, particularly people who are or are not named Porterfield, to call us at 860-275-7266. Or if you'd like McLean's Porterfield, she might be willing to donate her Porterfield to your Lousy, stinking, monosyllabic, bland name. 860 275 7266 is the number to call. You may tweet us. Uh, Greg J. Hill is there as our tweetmaster at WNPR Collin. Um, all right, so uh, let's uh, let's add to Bruce, one of the people that he interviewed for this uh, article, and that is Frank Nussel. Am, am I saying your name correctly? I might Actually, as well it's ask. Pronounced See, I, I I I couldn't bat a thousand today. Uh, Frank Nussel. he's a professor at the University of Louisville and the editor of Names, a journal of onomastics. Um, how, am I pronouncing that right? Is it onomastics yes. or onomastics? Onom- All right. So uh, let's, um, let's plunge into this. But I, I may get into the nut of things right away. One of the things that you told Bruce is, um, as so far as can be ascertained, generationally, gen- generation after generation uh, increasingly loses its appet- appetite for the middle name. Tell us more about that.
6: First of all i have to follow up on what bruce said about um being in the south uh the middle name is still retained and the the university of louisville obviously is in kentucky it's a southern state so i tend to see a lot of people from the state of kentucky that retain the middle initial but people who are from outside of the state uh and we have quite a few um don't use the middle initial so is that differentiation in the student population that I deal with. And um, I I think it has to do with a movement towards simplicity, a movement towards uh, not wanting to be seen as excessively formal. There's a notion of um, classism involved. So those would be some of the factors that I I would mention
3: So that movement towards simplicity or informality or, you know, Bruce Feiler, as as you hear that, I mean, it seems to me that there is a countercurrent to what he's talking about. I mean, maybe we're all becoming more egalitarian because because digital life makes us so, or, or, or whatever the theory might be. But digital life also in, introduces us to more names and more people than we ever had the potential to know uh, in our earthbound existence heretofore. Um, and it's even introduced us to a new wor- word, which I, I don't think existed uh, before Wikipedia, disambiguation. And you so you'd kind of think that the middle initial, Bruce, would be would be tempting in a world in which there probably are seven or eight I mean, I have a guy who's on my show a lot named Jim Chapdelaine. Jim Chap- what are the chances that there's more than one Jim Chapdelaine? Well, in <laughs> fact, there's three, you know, and there's a Mormon Jim Chapdelaine. So uh, I'm going to ask Bruce, but then also ask Frank. But let's start with Bruce. I mean, it, wouldn't it be tempting to keep the middle initial under those circumstances just to keep things as crystal clear as they could be?
4: Well, this is a good chance to go back in the story a little bit. So middle initials are actually rel- a relatively recent invention. And they weren't really used at all, uh, middle names, uh, until the late Middle Ages, and they didn't become widely popular uh, until around 1900. And the original reason they went into wide use was exactly what you're talking about, which is suddenly there were a lot more people. And there's a, there's a little bit of of data out there about this. I, and there, there have been studies in the Revolutionary era. Only three percent of Americans used a you know had a middle name. Um, by nineteen hundred, almost everybody had one. Um, and by the way, I should say now there's been a lot more Asian uh, you know, immigration, and it's it's much less common. That's yet another element that sort of I've thought about since my original piece ran. So I think that what what you're talking about, there's two conflicting uh, trends here. On the one hand, the web has made us all more informal. okay? We use, I'm I'm, amazed, actually, still the number of people who write me through my through my website who have sort of encountered my work in some way. You just, you know, use the first name. It's like it's I I still have a little bit of formality and like the formality of a salutation. Either don't use it or say yo or so, you know, or just call me by my first name or some nickname that they make up. Right. So I think that there is informality that the Web has introduced into our lives. But there is this other thing, which is, as you said, it's opened us up to the planet. I had a friend here recently, he who just graduated from college, and wants to be a writer and an illustrator. And his name is James Scott. And I said to him as he was sitting, as we were sitting having a cup of coffee, so do you have a URL so people can see your work? That's what any, any uh, freelancer needs. And he said, well, I'm James Scott, How, I'm not going to be able to get my URL. Um, so it's not like uh, Nestle or filer where it's, it's it's rarer. And so there are people who use it in their URL but who maybe still don't use it in, in formal in informal interaction. So now you have this sort of gap between maybe what your sort of brand is to use that language and what your URL or how people find you on LinkedIn or Facebook has.
3: I mean Frank Nussel obviously, um names have all kinds of purposes and 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 middle names and middle initials have all kinds of purposes but one one purpose of the of the middle initial I think has been and and, and probably continues to be keeping everything as straight as possible um, and, and sometimes of course there are equity rules I think you can't uh, have the same name as some other equity actor uh, but but even even without that there's an actor named Michael B Jordan right now who just wants to make it clear that he's not Michael Jordan the basketball player so that's one purpose of the middle initial, right? Just differentiation?
6: Yes. Um, in, in, speaking about entertainers, um, th- there's a trend among entertainers to use all three names um, first name, uh, middle name, and um, family name. And I'm thinking about Francis Ford Coppola, Sarah Michelle Geller,
3: um, Charles Nelson Ma- Riley was from Hartford, Connecticut, Mary
6: Stuart Masterson, and, and so forth. And then you get another trend among entertainers where they don't like their first name. And this is a fairly common uh, situation among many people, both well-known entertainers and, and those that are not. Um, Dakota Fanning, her first name is Hannah. Um, Nora Jones, her first name is Gitali. Um, Don Knotts, his first name is Jesse. Um, and Paul McCartney, his first name is James. So. There's that trend, and there's also a trend where people simply use um, uh, just their last name. Uh, And I'm thinking of Rihanna and and so forth. But um, So there there are various – in the entertainment industry, there are various uh, trends. But getting back to the question of differentiation, yeah, if your name is is, um, John Smith – Obviously, if you have a middle initial, that's going to narrow down the possibilities. In fact, I, I, I came through Atlanta uh, last week, and I went through through immigration and customs, and they flagged my 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 immigration form because apparently I I just used my middle initial H, and they wanted the full middle name, which is Henry. Hmm. So it does serve—with my name, it's not a problem. There are probably a um, a handful of people in in the U.S. with with my surname—
3: um, all right. So uh, we're going to continue this conversation. Uh, we're going to add uh, more voices to it uh, and more elements to it. Um, but before we do, before we leave this, um, I-, I just want to go back to the the, um, the 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 sort of the primary thesis uh, that you, Frank Nussel, are, uh, have advanced, at least in terms of uh, Bruce's story, that notion that in a more egalitarian world, uh, people are dropping the middle initial. Uh, is there is that an observation? Have there been some studies to back that up? Are you seeing that with each uh, new class of students that you, uh, that you teach? I mean, uh, what, what sort of makes you believe what you believe?
6: Okay. This is just an observation based on the fact that I teach usually about three classes every semester. And, and when I think back 20 years ago, everybody used a middle initial. Now, um, with the exception of people from Kentucky in the South, um, people from the northern states to western states, do not use a middle initial. Bruce Feiler, in fact, did a study of, of, of politicians, hmm. and he found that in 1900, most of them used a middle initial, and then much more recently, very few of them used a middle initial. And I think part of it is, as you say, an egalitarian um, movement, but also to want to seem friendly and approachable to the people who may vote for you.
3: Um, yeah, Bruce, do you want, you want to amplify that? You actually did some original scholarly research uh, well, on, on this.
4: Just Let me just say, Colin, the single most satisfying moment of this entire experience before being on your show at this hour... Was when Frank, in our original conversation, and I told him about my research, told me that I was an optimistician so I, <laughs> uh, I I really tried to get that uh, into the paper, but they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't let me toot my own horn, but this you know I, I can do it here at so, least put,
3: put it in your wikipedia entry anyway.
4: <laughs> that's a good idea so the uh, I, I I was okay, so I had this observation right, and I thought, well, can I prove it in any way and so I, you can see it. So I was looking for ways to quantify it. It's difficult, but it can be done. You know, with presidents, we had seven straight presidents in the mid-20th century um, who used it, uh, from you know, Harry S. Truman and Franklin D. Roosevelt and Richard M. Nixon, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Now it's, it, it, politicians do not do it. Uh, George W. Bush, the big exception, but that was a lifelong habit because of his father. In Congress, I went to Congress. I called uh, the clerk of the Congress. He told me the actual websites to use. In 1900, it was 84% of Congress uh, used a middle initial. By 1970, it was 76%. Today, it's 38%. So that's a drop from 84%. To 38 percent. I went through Pulitzer Prize winners because journalists do it a lot. Basically, through and they've been awarded annually since 1917. And basically, in the first half of the century, uh, they all did. Um, as recently as 1990, it was it was in half right through the 80s. I looked at every decade, okay. And then um, in 1990, it was 28. I'm, excuse me. In, in 2000, it was 28 percent. In uh, in this year, 2014. Only one of twelve winners of the Pulitzer Prize in the writing categories used a middle initial, so we've gone from 100 percent down to uh, you know to less than 10 percent. So there are ways that you can show that it actually is objectively declining.
3: The uh, there are always are statistical outliers. One of them would be Abraham Lincoln, who did not have a middle name. How he ever uh, amounted to anything with no middle name? Uh, is uh, an amazing feat all by itself. Uh, all right. Uh, the other thing I would just say parenthetically here is, for those of us who sort of came up through the ranks of uh, journalism and newspaper reporting, you know, it used to be sort of a thing where you really had to know a lot of middle initials. I mean, you couldn't keep looking up Lowell P. Weicker uh, or Ella T. Grasso. In fact, you should probably have known that it was Ella Tambusi Grasso uh, and so forth. You know, that, that you, Joseph I. Lieberman, you just sort of knew these things because you wrote them all the time. And, and, and you're absolutely right that it's, it's Chris Murphy and Richard Blumenthal now. It's, it's, they don't have middle initials. All right, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we will tell you more and more and more about middle names and middle initials, and what sorts of inferences people make based on your middle initial. I'll only make you cry, little girl. Trouble, 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 trouble,
2: trouble. is my middle name.
3: We are back. The subject is middle initials and the middle names that lie crouched behind them. Uh, Bruce Feiler, formerly Bruce S. Feiler, uh, is a columnist for The New York Times. Uh, He opened up a can of letters on July 11th with his N. Y T column, they're dropping like middle initials. You see how I did that with the New York Times? I I did that whole monogram thing with them. Uh, All right, and uh, joining us now also, first of all, we have a lot of interesting calls. Uh, We will try to get to your calls, Henry, Chris, John, uh, all of you people calling up with your uh, stories of middle names and middle initials. Uh, But uh, once again, we are sort of reinventing Uh, Bruce Feiler's wheel a bit. Uh, He talked to such good people that we couldn't find even better people to talk to, so we're talking to the same people. Uh, Joining us now is Winand A.P. Van Tilburg, uh, a research fellow in psychology at the University of Southampton and the co-author with Eric R. Aigu uh, of the University of Limerick of a study on the impact of middle names. Um, Hello, uh, Winand A.P. Van Tilburg. Welcome to our show.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
3: So um, one of your theses is that uh, that if I knew two fellows and one of the fellows was named Bruce Feiler and the other one was named Bruce S Feiler, I You'd would be
4: a lucky man. That's what you. That's that's a thesis.
3: That's that. That is also part of my thesis. But the, part of his thesis is that I would I would draw. I would be likely. To draw certain inferences about Bruce S. Filer, that he had greater intellectual capacities and attainments than the mere Bruce Filer, that he made more money probably than the mere Bruce Filer, um, and, and there's a whole range of other things that you found. So, so tell us more about this. What did you learn about the conclusions, correct or incorrect, that we draw from people who flaunt their middle initials?
1: So what we uh, investigated in our research um, is, uh, is people's perceptions of others who use their middle initials uh, in, uh, in, in presenting themselves. And uh, what you summarized there is quite accurate, it's consistent with our findings. Um, people who display their middle initials in their names are perceived to, uh, to be um, better performers in the intellectual domains, for example, writing, um, and also are expected to earn higher, uh, higher wages.
3: So, Bruce, when you uh, decided to put that S in there with your first book, you, you weren't being a jerk. You weren't being a pretentious idiot. You were, in fact, making uh, you know an informed—well, maybe not informed, but you were making the correct choice uh, about yourself. I mean, why do you judge yourself so harshly looking into the past based on uh, what uh, what Wein and E.P. Van Tilburg, has been able to figure out?
4: Well, I think that what their research shows is very interesting, which is to say— in certain fields like academia, which is a place where you see a you know a complete plethora an abundance of middle initials, if you spend any time looking at academic journals, which I tend to do for my work from uh, on a regular basis, it's almost unanimous that everybody uses a middle initial. Whereas in other fields uh, where the desire is not necessarily to be smart or uh, be perceived to be wealthy but friendly and approachable back to what frank was saying so you see it you don't see it almost you see it very little in athletics and in um and in uh entertainment and fields like that okay so i think that you know to, back to the issue of me in in the early 90s trying to pretend um, not pretend sort of per, you know portray myself as being older and smarter and more sophisticated That's what I was doing, and yes, it was a rational choice. But also, I would say it's an equally rational choice now, where being just you know sort of smart and pointy-headed is not the only thing that I, as a writer, am trying to portray in my public persona. I'm also trying to portray interesting or adventurous or fun or pleasant to be around or worth spending three nights with a book on your newsstand with. So, smart is not the only thing I'm trying to be. I'm also trying to be. Uh, interesting and uh, you know charming to be around, if you
3: will. So, um, so back to the study. Um, the study, uh, actually, it wasn't one study, right? It was a whole series of studies. Uh, Wine and A.P. Van Tilburg, uh, a whole series uh, of studies uh, about sort of how people do react to these names. And one thing that Bruce said in passing is important to accentuate: it, the field uh, of endeavor is really important for a footballer. Uh, a middle initial isn't a plus, and it might even be a minus. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, what we found in in the in the studies that we conducted is that this this initials effect, this middle initials effect, um, only occurs to uh, in 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 the domain of intellectual performance. Uh, so, for example, um, we compared it also to athletic perceived athletic performance, and we find basically no effects whatsoever. So, uh, indeed, only if the the context is an intellectual one, such as in academia their presenting middle initials may benefit uh, benefit you to the extent that other people consider you to be uh, better in your performance.
3: And I guess another thing that's sort of worth uh, saying here is that um, uh, the way that I read the study that I read anyway is that um, this, is, this all kind of assumes an otherwise level playing field, you should pardon the expression. In other words, if I come up to you on the street and I'm a ragged mendicant with uh, uh, you know, dirty clothes and, and a basket of stray cats, um, the fact that I am Colin W. McEnroe probably means uh, a lot less than uh, myriad other social markers that you'll be looking at.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely right. Um, What we find is that these middle initials, if if people present them, it it benefits them uh, particularly if uh, there are no very obvious other uh, cues on which people can base their judgment. So, for example, if if, if, if a a professor uh, presents um, him or herself with middle initials, then perceptions of intellectual uh, performance or capabilities um, uh, does not... Uh, is not affected by these middle initials. Similarly, um, uh, we we looked at first-year students uh, presenting themselves with middle initials, and again, this does not affect their evaluations. Uh, The middle initials do affect other people's evaluations um, when they're presented, and and not much other information is present about, uh, about these people.
3: Um, we, we should say also that, uh, if I understood your research correctly, I mean, it's not merely inferences that people draw about the people who either do or don't have middle initials. They uh, uh, Am I correct in thinking that people will actually perceive the writing of a writer more favorably if that writer has a middle initial? I mean, is that that simply an inference that they draw about the writer not having seen the writing? Or does that include actually reading the writing and thinking it's better because there's a middle initial?
0: Yes,
1: uh, that's correct. So what happens is that people um, uh, perceive uh, authors with more middle initials to be better writers. This was investigated in the context of of an uh, academic piece um uh, and uh, so essentially, what happens is that people perceive these authors they they see the middle initials, they think to themselves, while these people have uh, this person has so many middle initials, it must be someone who is uh, who is ent- intellectually very capable, they are confronted with a piece of writing, and they use this inference that they made about a person to basically bias their perception of the uh, written work.
3: Well, let me switch over to Bruce, formerly S. Feiler, about this because – and let's sort of see if we can also incorporate the thinking of Frank Nussel, by the way. Thank you very much, Frank Nussel, for your earlier contributions to this show. So if, in fact, we are in this ever-increasingly egalitarian world – where not only do people not use their middle initials, but they don't use their middle initials because, in fact, uh, there's more of an emphasis on, on on us all being more or less on the same footing and having fewer pretensions and that sort of thing. Um, one would expect that if Wine and AP Van Tilburg were to run this same study 10 years from now, that a lot of the... The imputation of status, of competence, uh, of excellence that people are giving to people who have middle initials would would, it would be would be a down downward sloping curve. One would hope, or, or am I am I drawing too many wild concru- conclusions, Bruce?
2: Well,
4: let me just say maybe. Um, but we also <laughs> know that the generations also tend to react to prior generations. Okay, so it's certainly not impossible to imagine that younger generations will look at the, you know, formality, the informality that uh, sort of characterizes a generation above them and say, well, you know, we want to react against that because that's part of being a new generation, and then we we want to go back. That is certainly possible. My, My hunch is that it will not happen, but that is certainly possible. I have to say, as the father of of nine-year-olds, I certainly hope they look at all the tattoos popular among the generation above them and say, "Well, we're going to rebel against them and have no tattoos and respect our outer bodies." But, um, but let's just go back to what you guys were just talking about. Let's just talk about politicians, because here I do believe we have, as close as we're going to get to objective proof that uh, a century ago. Uh, it was near universal that middle initials were used and now it's a third of politicians that use middle initials well why would that be and i think that the answer is that a generation ago, i mean a century ago that you know there was a greater value that we placed in our politicians that they be thinkers or policymakers or people like that whereas today Certainly ideas matter in politics, but as just to take one, one metric that we hear all the time in political discussion of which candidate would you rather have a beer with, okay? So the, the, the point is we value uh, someone who shares our values, who is just like us, who we would want to have a beer with or go bowling with, right? Why do politicians do all of that? So the point is I, I do think it is possible to say in contemporary life that we just simply do live in a time where uh, you know spin and formality and formal presentation matters less and it matters more that we want to understand the real soul and the real character and we want to feel that we can relate to people so whether it's politicians or authors or entertainers i, I do think that there is this notion that um that intimacy between the, the receiver of the persona and the giver of the persona are, they need to be closer, by and large, in contemporary life.
1: We've
3: got a call from John in Simsbury, which is spot on uh, here, I think. Hi, John, you're on the air.
5: Hi, Colin, how are you? All right. All right. Uh, the reason I'm calling is that obviously our governor in Connecticut is named Daniel P. Malloy. He's obviously very proud of that, and does really so. so? I don't know what the dynamic came from, but when he campaigns, both in, was it 2010?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Anyway,
5: when he pre- previously campaigned and now he's campaigning, he is now just Dan Malloy. Right, I don't think it's because he's trying to save money
3: on paint or whatever. No, no, it goes straight to Bruce's point, and just to sort of um, put a little bit more emphasis on that. So our, our governor's name, I, I, I'm assuming Bruce doesn't know this because he's made so little mark in the world of fashion, has Daniel P. Malloy, uh, but his name is Daniel D-A-N-N-E-L, P. Molloy. And in, in something that I regarded as a little bit unusual, maybe I've just missed this in the past, but I've certainly written about politics a lot. When he took office, he, a formal statement was issued by his office that he wished to to be referred to as Governor Daniel P Malloy uh, although there were certain exceptions uh, uh, but not many um, but but uh, John is quite correct when he campaigns he campaigns as Dan Malloy and Bruce this just just puts a uh, a dot uh, on the eye really of what you're saying which is that you may want to be August a lot of the time when you are ruling uh, but when you are campaigning you must be friendly thank all right, let's grab a quick break here. We'll come back with more. We'll get your, get to your phone calls, too, uh, as much as possible. So, a uh, phone number, 860-275-7266. The topic is middle initials and the middle, the middle name sitting down there behind them. Uh, and so, call in. Tweet us at wnpr WNPRColin.
0: Action is my middle name. It's a deadly game.
2: Going wide water raft. So Weird Al Yankovic's middle name is Al. Today's show was produced by Betsy E. Kaplan and me. Our interns are Brittany S. Hill and Katie A. Pikas. Greg <laughs> Hill appeared in the intro and tweets for us at WNPR. Colin, the part of William E. Curry was played by Michael J. Fox. For show pages, articles, and the secret middle names of the Faith Middleton Show staff, they're all the same middle name. It's weird. Visit our website, wnpr.org. On tomorrow's show, our mysterious relationship with stuffed animals. And now, back to Colin.
3: Yes, if you think this show is peculiar, wait until tomorrow. And we'll be talking about stuffed animals and the people who have difficulty putting away childish things as Paul the Apostle said. Um, uh, We've been talking to Bruce Feiler. He's the person who uh, sent us uh, clattering down this road of middle initials and middle names. We're also talking to Wynan A.P. Van Tilburg, a research fellow in psychology at the University of Southampton, uh, and the co-author with Eric R. Aigu at the University of Limerick of a study on the impact of middle names. Wynan A.P. Van Tilburg, I wanted to ask you one last question, sort of apropos of what Bruce Feiler and I were talking about. Is there a direction that you want to go in continuing to research middle initials? You've done a plethora of studies. Maybe you're finished. Uh, maybe you're satisfied. But I personally am curious about whether, longitudinally, as we change as a society and maybe become more egalitarian, the same sorts of infer- inferences will continue to be drawn from the middle initial.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree that this topic of middle initials is something that that is worthy of, of continuing to look at and see at the historical changes that that uh, that that. that we may be about uh, to witness in in how these are used in society. Um, In in terms of uh, uh, finding uh, or, or, you know, uh, looking at the uh, uh, egalitarianism in society, um, I think our research actually helps to to tackle some of these uh, problems. So, for example, um, based on our research, we know now that uh, middle initials actually bias people in their perceptions of others. It, it's an unfair inference that someone uh, is necessarily uh, intellectually uh, uh, better performing just based on some middle initials. So I think our research is, uh, provides a very nice basis to further examine, for example, how uh, middle initials uh, affect uh, legal judgments or, or as, you, uh, as you discussed before, politics.
3: All right. Uh, it's been fascinating to talk to you, Wine and A.P. Van Tilburg. And I don't say that simply because you have two middle initials. I mean it. I don't think my judgment is clouded. Uh, I think I see clearly I could be wrong. Uh, so, so with us is Bruce Filer, as I say, the person who started everything off uh, and soon to be the host uh, this fall of Sacred Journeys with Bruce Filer. We will absolutely have him back when that happens. But right now we've got him for middle initials. Uh, let's take a call, Bruce, from Robert in Meriden. Hi, Robert. You're on the air.
5: Hi. Uh, You know, my first name and last name are the same as my dad's, although we have different middle names, and because I am a frequent writer of letters to the editor, my parents had asked me to please use my initial K. so that my father didn't get blamed for my V-troll. That's a great story.
3: That is a great story.
5: I just thought I'd add that. I mean, it doesn't really... How did that work for you?
4: It still can't have worked as as well as well as they might have hoped.
5: Uh, yeah, it does, because then people realize that it's just their idiot son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they could just brush it off as that.
3: <laughs> right. That crackpot kid of ours writing another letter to the editor. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Uh, thanks uh, so much for that one. And uh, let's, we got a few more calls here. Here's uh, Henry in Glastonbury. Hi, Henry. Henry, you're on the air. Henry may have tired of waiting, however. Uh, People with prominent middle names sometimes do. So let's go over to Chris in Ashaway, Rhode Island. Hi, hi Chris.
5: Colin, how are you? Just fine. I had the misfortune of being born without a middle name and felt like a freak through my childhood.
3: And uh, is there a punchline in there somewhere?
5: Well, uh, with a last name... Of three syllables, my parents apparently thought we didn't need middle names.
3: Is that really okay. true? So, well, I mean, you could have one now, right? I mean, it would be a, a relatively. the
5: option of choosing a middle name if I wanted to. I was a big Fran Tarkington fan. I was going to name myself Francis, but Chris Francis Vanden Bosch doesn't have much of a ring to it.
3: That rolls at this off the point tongue. In
5: life, actually, I'm quite happy not to have a middle name or initial.
3: Uh, All right. Well, let's uh, grab uh, one more call here and that uh, will be coming up here in just a second. Uh, Bruce Feiler is our guest. He's a columnist for The New York Times. Uh, He is the person who got this ball rolling with uh, a column uh, on uh, July 11th. They're dropping like middle initials. Uh, You can uh, you can still read it online. Bruce, did did you in fact get a lot of comments and feedback and stuff like that? I mean, did it seem to me like the kind of thing that everybody would have an opinion about?
5: Everybody
4: does have an opinion about it. And I'm I'm sorry, I. I just pulled up from my email uh, my favorite single reaction that I got to this uh, story, uh, which, as you said, it's online you can you can see it also on my on my site com. But it was from an 86-year-old relative, um, uh, actually my sister's father-in-law. Who wrote me that his in that he was born without a middle initial and he felt deprived his entire life until this um until this article, and now he feels hip and fashionable and he said his parents explained the fact that he didn't have a middle initial by the fact that he was born during the depression and they were too poor they were too poor to afford one
3: <laughs> it's the kind of story that you would accept from your parents until you <laughs> thought about it carefully later on, okay, I think we have time for one more call from Parker in Burlington Hi Parker
5: Hey. Colin, um, I've called you a couple times, and, and each time I've called you, it hasn't been under the same name. Um, and sometimes I've called under the name Holly, which is kind of a little bit concerning to you because you hear this voice, which is not quite what you expect from a Holly.
3: It haunts um, my dreams.
5: <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, when I grew up, I everybody in the hometown that I grew up in, I was known as Holly. And I went through all high school and everything until I got into college. And then when all my transcripts came through, it was Parker. But one day I was visiting my a, a friend up the hill, and I came home and I said, Mom, this kid up the, hill, up the top of the hill has a strange name. His first name is Parker. And she says, That's not strange. That's yours. So until I was like eight or nine, I didn't know that my first name was Parker.
3: It was a family I, secret. Everyone knew you was Nancy. Yeah, um, exactly. All right. Uh, We may have to stop there. We're sort of running out of time. Bruce Feiler, uh, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and to have you as our anchor guest. Will you come back in the fall when Sacred Journeys with Bruce Feiler, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, is about to make its uh, (laughs) appearance on on PBS? Uh,
4: um, I would love to. It was a great experience I did going to pilgrimages, and it was really fun to be with you today, Colin. Thank you.
3: All right. So great to talk to you. Thanks to everybody who helped out with the show today. That includes Betsy Kaplan and uh, Kion Wolf and all of our Wonderful interns. We will be back tomorrow with the stories of the mysterious relationship between people and their stuffed animals. Uh, This will include a conversation with a travel agent who arranges for stuffed animals to go on trips around Japan while the owner of said stuffed animal stays home and looks at pictures of little stuffed lobster uh, having a lot of fun in Kyoto. All right, so that's tomorrow. Thanks for listening today.
4: Now, who just broke my favorite... Uh, Kayon Marie Julia
3: Gladys Khalil Danger... Okay, okay,
2: I get it. I'm in trouble. Jeez, I'm